T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. I think we really got something here. What do we got? An idea. What idea? An idea for the show. I still don't know what the idea is. It's about nothing. Right. Everybody's doing something. We'll do nothing. The Nightcap. They say, what's your show about? I say nothing. There you go. I think you may have something here. On WGR Sports Radio 550. Yep. It's the Nightcap, Joe DiBiase, Derek Kramer for about another hour here on WGR. What do you got out in there, TV-wise? What's on tonight? I have no idea. I'm not even paying attention to what's on the television. I got basketball on. I'm trying to do work over here, Joseph. Mm. Good. That's good. Um, 803-0550 is the phone number. I got to pull up on Twitter. Do you think Ristolainen's good enough to be the Sabres' second best defenseman for the next decade? I think we all pretty much uh, we all pretty much know. Dalene is going to be this team's franchise defenseman. He's so great to watch. He's not really interesting to talk about because we all just kind of know how great he is already. Like sky's the limit. I maybe we could talk one day about whether this is probably more future conversation, but whether he's really going to be like the best player in this team. Because he looks like he very well could be, um, so smooth, like the smooth, one of the smoothest defensemen I feel like I've ever seen. He's coming along nicely, over twenty minutes a night, second most on the team, to Ristolainen, who we've talked a lot about uh, this show, and he's a polarizing player. He's probably the most polarizing player I would say on the Sabers. We all love Darlene. We all love Eichel. We all love Skinner. We all uh, kind of get on Sabotka and Scandella. So that's where we're at um, with Ristolainen. And uh, the poll, by the way, is uh, 56% in favor of he is good enough to be your second best defenseman for the next decade. 44% say no. Like I said, pretty polarizing. And. One of the arguments against him being like a top pair guy for the Sabres for a long time. The argument against him being a 25-minute player a night. Against him being always on the list of most used players in the NHL. All situations. Gets the most minutes 5-on-5. Five five. The top power play minutes until last night. The top PK minutes. He's in the game when you're down one at the end of the game. He's in the game when you're up one at the end of the game. Trying to close it out. His numbers are not great. Possession numbers, he's very bad. Now, I would chalk the possession numbers being bad up. Some to him, for sure. And also, I think you got to recognize... That his matchups have always been tough throughout his career. He's always playing against the other team's top line. He is always playing against the other team's best players. And 
he's not always playing with the Sabres top line. Like a lot of times he's playing with the second, third, or fourth line. And that can really hurt what your possession numbers look like. Now, where I do think it's fair to criticize him is not in possession, but it's in, and you've seen Sean Tierney on Twitter, charting hockey. He puts up these charts a lot. And that chart looks at breakup percentage and possession exit percentage. How often are you breaking up the rush into the zone when another team is trying to enter your zone? And how often are you getting the puck out when you're trapped in your own end? And Ristolainen, like on that graph, good is in the top right, bad is in the bottom left. Ristolainen is a lot closer to the bottom left than he is to the top right. He registers worse on that chart than pretty much every Sabre defenseman. Pilot and Dowling are way closer to good. Bogosian, Scandella, Casey Nelson are kind of in the middle. Beaulieu is closer to good offense and bad, while McCabe is closer to good defense and bad. Ristolainen is kind of right smack dab in the middle of good offense and good defense, but he is closer to bad than he is to good. Quick layout of what that chart looks like. I think that's fair. I think the biggest holes in his game come when he's trying to get the puck out of the zone. And that is going to be a tough pill to swallow if he's going to be your number two defenseman. A lot of times he'll get the puck behind his net. He'll get it on the wall, really wherever he gets in his own end, in his first instinct. And usually what he ends up doing is to just rip the puck around the boards and hope that it gets out, hope that somebody's there. He has a little bit of Bogosian in him in that. Bogosian does a lot of things well. The one thing he does not do well is getting the puck out. There's a play, I forget forget which game it is. I think it was Chicago. There's a play in the second period where Zach Bogosian is coming out from behind his own net. Dowling is behind him. And Reinhardt is up on the half wall standing still. And Bogosian exits from behind the net and stares down Reinhardt for multiple seconds, giving any Chicago player an alert that, hey, that's where he's looking. Go there. And then he tries to force the puck to Reinhardt, and what happens? Reinhardt's not able to make a play. The puck goes up the middle, and it ends up in the back of the Sabres net. Rather than the smart play, which would have been, hey, Dowling's behind me wide open. I got to know he's there, and I got to put the puck around the boards behind me. And he's got all the time in the world. And that's a Bogosian example, but that is a play that I see out of Rasmus Stolainen a lot. Now, he does more of the good to make up for that stuff to me than the other guys. Especially Bogosian and Scandella. He will make wow plays. He'll make great plays. Offensive zone. Power play. He's a very good puck mover on the power play. I think he's kind of got to be the point. Like the very point though, when he's on it. He's not a guy I like to see on the half wall. I think McKay, or not McCabe, I think uh, Dalene and Eichel are very good at that. I'm not sure Risto is, but he's good on the power play. Got a big shot at the point. You use that. He's got a good mind for the offensive zone. Like, if he was a forward, I feel like he'd be pretty good. There's some guys in the league where it's like, yeah, they're defensemen, but if they grew up playing forward, I think they could do it. Risto Linen's one of those guys. If he didn't, if he started playing forward growing up, I think he still would have made the NHL. He's got that ability. He has got a lot of kinks in his game, though, and he's got a. Like, I don't know. If I, I I say he's got to get better. I don't think he, you do at this point, though. Generally, 
By the time you reach 24, 25, 26, like that's what you are as a player. I mean, that's right in the middle of your prime nowadays. So to think he's just going to get better at that stuff maybe is wishful thinking. So I gotta, you got to judge him on what he is right now. And a lot of you, especially on Twitter, are saying that you think what he is right now is good enough to be your second best defenseman. I tend to agree. But I don't feel super strongly on it. Because I can definitely do better. But I don't see anything coming up in this organization that's going to be better. Maybe Pilot. Maybe Pilot. But past that, we know what Bogosian is. We know what Scandell is. We know, I think, what Nathan Bullyu is. I think we know what Casey Nelson is to a large extent. Nelson's older than, than Aristolainen, amazingly. I know he hasn't been here as long. Gooley's having a rough year in the AHL. Is he going to be better than Aristolainen someday? I don't think so. It's going to be hard to believe. There's work to be done on this blue line, but to me, I don't think we need to go chasing a good defenseman out of here because he's not great. Because he's not a Norris candidate. Like, maybe we were hoping one day, early in his career. As I mentioned last hour, we did this with Tyler Myers, and he was gone. And they missed him. Like it or not, whether they were trying to lose or not, when they were trying to build this thing back up out of the tank, they missed Tyler Myers. You had Josh Georges playing top minutes. You had Cody Franzen playing top four minutes. You had Band-Aids all over your blue line trying to cover a hole that you needed to fill. And you had guys that were not going to do it for you. You were trying to fill in for not having any top four defensemen. You had one. You had Ristolainen. They could have really used Tyler Myers the past couple years. But why was he gone? Because he wasn't amazing. Because he wasn't the Norris Trophy winner that they wanted and that we all wanted. But he was still good. He was a second pair defenseman. And that's what Winnipeg is getting out of him right now. And look at what Winnipeg is right now. Winnipeg is a loaded team. Winnipeg has top defensemen that they don't that allow Myers to settle in to a second pair role, playing 20 minutes a night tops, playing second power play unit. Having wild plays once in a while while also taking his lumps at the same time. He's in the perfect role, and it works. That's what the Sabres need to shoot for. They don't need to keep trading good players because they're not great. It's very easy when things aren't going well to point at the guys that are on the ice the most and say, you're the problem. And I'm not saying Ristolain is completely absolved of being like a perfect specimen over the past few years. Him as your number one defenseman has been part of the reason they've been bad. But we can't just, I don't think, stare at the advanced numbers here. Especially coming from a guy, like, I normally go along with what the numbers say. I'm doing that with Pilot right now. Although, to me, test also says Pilot, although he's having struggles, is good. Like, there is something there with him. And his numbers rep- represent that. This is a part, this is one player that I want to deviate from just a little bit. Because even though the numbers don't say he's good, I think there are reasons for that. And I'm not completely discounting them, but I think that some parts of his game should overcome the reasons for why he's not good 
in possession metrics, in shot metrics, in possession exits. He scores on a team that doesn't get a lot of offense. He produces points as a defenseman. Going back to when Eichel got here, which is really when they when they decided, all right, we're going to start winning. This is after the tank. This is when we're going to try to be good. Since then, Eichel leads the team in points. Reinhardt is second. Ryan O'Reilly is third. No longer here. Fourth is Rasmus Ristolainen. And there's a huge gap after that. Since Eichel got here, Ristolainen has 160 points. The next player that's still on the team is Oposo at 109. And you know he's not been giving you a lot this year. Next after that, that's still on the team, is Zemgis Giergensen's at 60. 60. He's been one of their most constant offensive presences on this team. He's been consistent in giving you offense. Do what Winnipeg's doing with Tyler Myers. Get to a point where Ristolainen doesn't have to play 25 minutes a night. He can play 20. He can be on your second power play unit. Some of that is starting to happen. Dalene is on their top power play unit. Whether that lasts the rest of the season is not a huge deal because that is going to last for the next decade. Dalene's going to be their top defenseman on the top power play unit. 1,000%. So can they get to a point where... We can watch Ristolainen and be our Tyler Myers rather than watch him go to another team and do the exact same thing. Because you know what will happen if they do trade him? Like, that would be the next major move that's realistic, would be trading Ristolainen. If they wanted to do something big, that's what that would be. You're not trading Eichel. You're not trading Reinhardt. You're not trading Dahlin. And past that, there's not really anything that's got major value that would change a whole lot. Can I watch Ristolainen do this for my team? Become the second guy, the secondary defenseman. That's all that's still playing a lot of minutes, but not insane amount. Because I'm telling you, if he goes somewhere else that uses him in the proper role, we're gonna be wishing we had him. That's not a guy you can just go easily replace. If he left today, those minutes would go. A lot of them, not all of them, but a lot of them would go to Zach Bogosian. And if you think those numbers look bad now, I'm just telling you, those numbers are going to look even worse if you've got Bogosian playing the same role that Ristolainen is right now. Or a guy like that. If you're trying to fix that with a Band-Aid, that could be Scandella. You'd hope it'd be McCabe. But McCabe's a left shot D, so maybe it wouldn't. It's a tough guy to replace, and that's why I don't just want to move on from him. Because he's not the perfect defenseman. To me, good enough in this situation is good enough. Back to the phone lines. 803-0550 is the phone number. Mark, you're on the nightcap. What's up? Well, Sneaky Joe, I hate to debunk you there because I almost had to quit my job because the Colts almost went 11-0, like you said. <laughs> oh, this is you. You're picking on Ristolainen just a little too much. You said the last three years, the reason they were so terrible, that he was your number one defenseman. He's all they had to play as a number one. Uh, I, didn't, I, didn't say, I didn't say that was the reason that they were bad. I would say that was one of the reasons. Like that, that is definitely, I think, one of the reasons. He's not a number one defenseman on a really good team. That was more of my point. Well, I believe he is, uh, with the kids surrounded by the right people. And number two, everyone keeps throwing out this Lawrence Pilot thing. I think the kid has great future. 
But everyone keeps saying his numbers, his numbers, his numbers. He doesn't play enough minutes to equal the numbers the other guys do. Even Paul Hamilton said he should have sat that game, and I don't agree with everything Paul Hamilton says, Mm -hmm. and he's struggling out there. But when you say the numbers say that Pilot's better than so-and-so, you take a look at what Zach Bogosian brings to this team. He's more important to this team than you guys are giving Zach Bogosian credit for. I think he's only made to be important to this team because of how much he's played. Well, I don't agree with you there. He has heart, he has soul, and the people in the room admire him for the way he keeps coming back from being hurt. I, I agree with that, but what happens when he goes out in the ice and he's giving the puck up the middle? Like, as much as a normal, like a rookie would. Like, that's that's my problem with Bogosian. I agree with all of what you just said on him beforehand. Like, great locker room guy, the players look up to him, and, like, he is good in some areas. He can be a train wreck at times in his own end. And what I'm looking for out of the modern-day defenseman is not a lot of what that is. In 2002, Bogosian would have been a great defenseman. Today? The reason I think everyone's kind of fallen in love with Pilot here is because he is the modern-day defenseman. And I need to get to a point where that style of player is playing the minutes that I've got old-school defensemen playing. That's the hope with Darlene. Ristolainen, I think he's really good. He is old school, though. Which, like, I'm fine with. You gotta have a couple of those guys. You gotta have a couple. But the reason we're all so excited about Darlene is because Darlene is the new school guy. He is puck movement. He is smooth. He is not chip it in when you get in a rush. Circle back. Try to reset. Do that. Don't just dump it in. Give away possession. Notice Darlene. Every time he's in the neutral zone and he gets pressured, he circles back and sees, sees if he can reset before, like, last resort for him is dumping it in. Every time Scandella enters, passes the red line, every time Bogosian does, every time Ristolainen does, I feel like their instinct is to dump it in. And like I said, I can have a couple of those guys and I'm fine. I just can't have them, I can't have too many of them playing in big roles. And I think we've got two right now. That's too many. Ideally, Bogosian is on my team, making less money than he is right now, but playing less minutes probably on a third pair. Because, yes, he gives me heart. Yes, he gives me grit. Yes, he is going to make you pay if you're standing in front of the net. But when it comes time for him to stand behind the net with the puck and figure out a way to get it out to your forwards who need to go up and score, that's when he runs into problems. And that is where I need to start to change over the mindset of what my blue line is, the blueprint of what my blue line is. One more call before we hit a break. We're going to get to Evan Rodriguez in the next segment. If you missed him, a show up in the Bulldog earlier. It was a great interview. I want to play some of that back. Um, but first, let's go to Oscar. Oscar, you're on the nightcap. What's up? Hey, how you doing? This is Oscar from Austin, Texas. I've just been watching since that 10-game streak started. Mm-hmm. And I love what you've been saying. You can build around the base of the youth with McCabe, I believe, and Pilot, Darlene. I can take their screw-up sometimes. I just I don't love the direction that Bogosian and Ristolainen are at. Just They're too defensive-minded. We need some youth, and I can accept the, the faults that they have, but those are growing pains. Uh, I love your show. Keep it up. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks, Oscar. Appreciate the call. Um, let's take a break here, though. 716-803-0550 is the phone number if you want to get in uh, anything on Ristolainen or Housley, which we talked a little about earlier before we get to Evan Rodriguez, because that's coming up next. Earlier from Show Open the Bulldog, Evan Rodriguez joined the show, and uh, it was a great interview, so we'll play some of that back when we get back. So then I cap with Jody Biasi and Derek Kramer on WGR. 
Welcome back to the Nightcap. 25 minutes left here on WGR, 803-0550, if you want to get in in that time. Been talking about Rasmus Ristolainen. He's a curious one. He's probably the most polarizing player in the team. A lot of people think he's super good. A lot of people think he kind of stinks. And then I think also a lot of us fall somewhere in between, and that's kind of where I'm at, somewhere in between. 803-0550 is the phone number. We're going to get to Evan Rodriguez in just a second here. Let's go to Kyle first. Kyle, you're on the nightcap. What's up? Kyle. Kyle, you there? Hey, Joe, you there? Sorry about that. Yes, just in, t- in the nick of time. Go ahead. Hey, I, I appreciate you holding it out there for me. Sure. Yeah, no problem. A couple of questions or a point I'd, I'd like to try to make. Sure. Um, you know, you're talking about Housley and the, the D-men and how most of our defensemen from Sabres are getting the red line and they're just throwing it in and hoping that the forwards can go pick it up and then make a play. But with Darlene, he's often curling and wheeling and looking to set something up if it's not there. Right. I think a lot of that has to do with coaching and Housley's instructions to certain players. Um, and it also has to do with what line is out there uh, on the ice at the time. If Kurgensons and uh, Larson are out there, you know, there's probably going to be more of a, a chance for the dump and chase. Right. Um, but if it's Eichel, he's going to want to take his time and set up and look for the, the right play because he's got that hockey IQ. So I just wondering your thoughts on that. And then uh, second, quick comparison. Um, I want to say Rodriguez reminds me a little bit of Gerby. I don't know if it's just because of his size and stature hmm. or his heart and his grit. But I'm wondering if you've ever uh, actually had that thought. I haven't. Um, that's a that's an interesting one. I, I see some similarities. I would want to say Rodriguez is probably more versatile. Um, but other than that, yeah, like I could see it. Kind of scrappy. Gerby was more scrappy to me than Rodriguez. Uh, third line guys kind of came out of nothing. College, great in college. So, yeah. I never thought about that, but yeah, that's a f- fair comparison. Like, if I can get, eh, actually, you know what? Let me stop. Let me stop there because I was going to say if I can get Gerby's career out of Rodriguez, I think it's success. But I think Rodriguez can be better than that at this point. He's scoring lately. Like we were waiting for where's that secondary scoring going to come from? Erod. Lately, he's scoring more than Skinner is right now. Actually, he might be scoring more than anybody. If I think if I, I'll look this up while we play the interview. I, I'm, I want to bet though that. Over the last like seven, eight games, he's scored more than anybody else on the team. It just feels that way. We'll see. You'd actually be entirely right about that. All right. Because I Evan so. Rodriguez has over the last seven games, he has scored four no, five goals in his last seven five games. Five goals in his last seven. That's a pace that's pretty hard to beat. They needed that. They needed that from somebody. I'm glad Rodriguez given it to him. Speaking of Rodriguez, and actually, before I do that, I do, Kyle, you asked me another question. I want to get to that um, about kind of the chip and chase versus, like, depending on like what your line is, and I think you gotta balance it. I do see Darlene chip it in once in a while, and I think like that's part of what you're saying here. Like, if it's Larson Giergensen's out there, I've seen Darlene dump the puck in with those guys. He does it in a different way though. Like, he isn't just ripping around the boards. He kind of lofts it into a corner so it sits. So that I agree with. Depending on who you're out there with, maybe sometimes you do want to dump it in. I still think, more often than not, you want the guy that's going to circle back and try to reset. And you rarely see guys like Ristolainen and Bogosian do that, and Darlene always does it. And I think Pilot does too, to an extent. Um, I think that's kind of just the difference in style. So, yeah, I I, I agree with what you're kind of going for there. Um, But I do see 
like a little in uh, in Dalim, like chipping it in if he has to. All right. Speaking of Rodriguez, we were just talking about a second ago there. He was on the show with the Bulldog earlier today. I thought it was a really good interview. Not just talking about the team right now, but kind of how he got to Buffalo and uh, his past playing hockey. Here's Rodriguez with Chopin the Bulldog from earlier today. Evan, Mike, and Chris here. Thanks for coming on with us. No problem. Anytime. Thanks for having me. The question I had in my mind that led us to call the Sabres and ask for you is you made a series of plays last night I thought were real smart, and then the goal you scored for one nothing. I was with Marty Baran after the game, and we were talking about that goal, and we both sort of asked each other, why did you shoot it where you did? Like, Dubnik is starting to slide to the right. So let's let's talk about that, if you don't mind. Like, So what was your decision-making on that? Um, I just thought I had a pretty clear lane to the net, and um, Oki was setting a good screen in front, and um, you know I tried to go high glove with it, kind of missed. It, it hit middle bar, but... Um, <laughs> Oki did a great job in front, and um, Dubnik slid with him to the far side, and it kind of gave me half the net to shoot at. And, um, you know, just a great job by him, and it was uh, nice to get that one in the back of the net early on. I mean, you have so – I can't even imagine how fast the game moves to play it at the NHL level, and you have so little time to make these decisions. I'm thinking that, like, maybe you don't even think – you're really not thinking so much about what you're doing. It's just sort of habit and – and, you know, plays happen. Uh, but sometimes you get a play like that where you get a little extra time and you can, you know, pick a spot. Yeah, exactly. Um, sometimes you kind of just shoot blindly um, just from kind of knowing where the net is uh, relative to where you are on the ice. But um, Ikes and Risto did a great job of trying, drawing guys to them. And, um, you know, I had time to collect a pass, look up, pick a spot, and, uh, you know, I was able to put it on. Evan, how are things going for you uh, overall uh, with this team and, and this season? You're, you're playing like a regular, and you know this is um, this is cool. Got to be cool for you. You've you've um, probably don't want to think about it like this, but like es- establish yourself uh, in the NHL. That's yeah. got to feel great. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, was, I didn't, I wasn't getting the goals and maybe the points that I, I wanted to early on in the year, but I thought you know I've been playing really well and. Um, you know, it seemed like the turn of the uh, calendar year, things started to go my way a little bit more. And, um, you know, just continuing to build confidence game in and game out. and um, You know, really, uh, you know, start to establish myself as a as a full-time NHL player and a, a go-to guy on, uh, on this team. Is it challenging to switch between wing and center for you at all? Uh, how, how much, I mean, everybody always says defensive responsibility for the center, uh, you know, in your own zone, working behind the net and all that kind of thing. Um, like, how, how much, if, if there's that and more, like, how, how difficult is it to swing back and forth? Um, it's it's not too difficult. I mean, there's, there's times in games when you're playing center and um, there's another guy that's a low forward or, or the high forward in the, in the offensive zone. So, um you know, I may be slated as a center or a winger one game or another, but you you play both during during the game and um really I think the only only part you have to focus on is just being mentally ready to, you know, be like you said, be a little forward in the defensive zone, make sure you're um, you know, staying between your your guy in the net and uh just having just having discipline in the D zone. Would you be comfortable revealing which you prefer if you have a preference, or are you just going to tell us that you're just <laughs> happy to be here? <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, no, I'll give you a good answer. I, as, as a winger, um, you know, you have a little bit more freedom and creativity in the offensive zone, and um, you can maybe, you know, cheat to the offensive side on, on breakouts. But 
Um, as a centerman, it's it's nice when you can you know get some crossovers underneath you deep in the zone and just come flying up the ice with a ton of speed. Um, so both have their perks. Um, you know, as a winger, I'd say I'd like to be more of a goal scorer, and as a centerman, I like to be more of a playmaker. So, um, you know, both both have their perks, and uh, it's just kind of a different style of play, I guess, between the two. Evan, so going back to when you signed with the Sabers, um, I'm I'm curious about and really don't know a lot about the process where teams sign guys as college as free agents, like that they weren't already, you know, drafted. And so, mm-hmm. how, how how did that play out? Um, my college season ended, and um, you know, my agent had you know was talking to teams throughout the year, and then um, you know, I had a few teams put in put in offers, and you just kind of try to pick the place that you think you know you have the best shot of making the NHL, playing in the NHL, and, and making it long term in the NHL. And um, for me, that was that was the Sabers, and um, you know, it's. It's, it's worked out for me. So when when you're not drafted, what what does that do, if anything, to your dreams? Like you're playing at a, you get to, you're in the OHL, you you get to BU, which is a you know a high ranking program. Are are you always thinking like, no, I I I've got this. It's this is the path, or does not um, does it change? Um, you know, I don't think I ever really focused in on it. Um, it was kind of always just a step by step process. Um. You know, I played minor hockey, and then once that was done, I, I moved on to junior hockey. And then um, even when I was playing there, I was hopeful to get a D1 scholarship and, um, you know, wasn't really counting on it, though. And then was lucky enough to get that. And then um, even throughout my, my career at BU, um, you know, our junior year wasn't wasn't the greatest year as a team. And um, I was kind of just focusing on, on enjoying playing hockey and, and getting a degree and, then, um, you know, obviously I had a really good senior year, and it seemed like it could be possible that I could play in the NHL. So at that point, it's, you're, you're just chasing a dream. and um, But in the back of my head, you're kind of just playing hockey because you love it. Things have, have just worked out for me. Did I misspeak when I said the OHL? Yeah, it's I, the Ontario Junior yeah, Hockey the, League. The, the OJ, <laughs> yeah. not the O, right. I, my, my son got drafted by the Sioux Greyhounds last spring, and they wanted to sign him at the end of the summer, and uh, we, he didn't want to do that because he wants to go maybe you know find his way to the path you've taken, Evan. And when Mike said that, I'm like, you can't do that. You can't go to the <laughs> yeah, O. Yeah. I've got to be very careful around he'd be, there, he'd be there playing now if yeah. you can do that. You can't do that. <laughs> yeah, it's all right. It's a minor mistake. How? Um, <laughs> yeah, it's in Ontario, and it's a junior hockey league. Yeah, um, exactly. It's close enough. <laughs> be, be, because this is how it, the, the the path went, and you didn't get drafted. Um, does it make it that much more rewarding that you like you, you stayed the course and you've made yourself into like an every night NHL player now? Absolutely. Um, you know, it's as a kid growing up in Toronto. I think it's every hockey player's dream to play in the NHL, and um, you never know if you're going to get that chance. And it's almost it's the what point oh one percent that make it, and you, you never think it's going to be you. And um, you know, I try not to think about it too much, and you know, just played hockey like I said for the love of the game, and um, you know, just continue to develop. Um, I'm not going to lie when I say it's nice to prove people wrong, but mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I feel like I've continuously pushed myself and continuously, you know, wanted to prove people wrong, people that uh, may have doubted me over my career, and. Um, just 
just put my nose to the grindstone and and have worked hard from day one and um you know it's it's worked out and i i couldn't be happier right now prove the doubters wrong just like the new england patriots as they were doubted by everyone <laughs> as they told yeah. us oh <laughs> uh, yeah so um what do you do for fun um play with my son um play video games um into real estate um all right i don't know i just i don't know fun loving guy family guy um you know and just just on the road like to hang out play video games go out to dinner um i don't know i'm kind of kind of a relaxing guy i don't do anything too crazy Mm -hmm. you've got a young boy at home Yep, three three months old. Three um, months, good for you. Congrats. Three months, yeah. So he uh, he's my wife's from Boston, so he's a Boston boy, and he's a hundred days old and already has two <laughs> two championships. There, so <laughs> he's uh, he's definitely brought hey. some good luck to, to her side of the family. Holy cow! I'm 47. How many do I have? I don't think I have any. Yeah. I don't have any. Exactly. Wow. So he's definitely he's definitely been a a good luck charm for. This was going my wife and their family. So well, this was going so well. What about if like BU? Are, how, they're probably they're always good. Like is BU good? Is that is there a Frozen Four uh, an NCAA championship possibility this uh, year? Um, they've I guess haven't been playing up to their standard, but um, you know I've been following a little, along a little bit. They had a tough loss in the Beanpot semis um, a couple days ago, but. Um, with all the firepower they have, I mean, in, in college hockey, all you have to do at, at the end of the year is go on an eight-game win streak and you're a national, national champion no matter uh, how the season goes before that. So um, you can never doubt them out, but um, I don't think they've gotten off the start or I guess the first half of the year as, uh, as they wanted to. I know we kind of covered this when you mentioned, you know, the, your college cure ended and there were some teams out there with offers and you tried to pick the, the, the place where the opportunity looked best. And, of course, the Sabres had been sort of scorched earth um, before, you know, b- before you got here. And, of course, they drafted uh, your college teammate, Jack Eichel. Did, did Jack coming here play any role uh, in the decision, knowing that you'd have someone that, you know, you were familiar with at least, or did it not really matter that much? Um, no, not in my decision. I, uh, I actually, um, you know, called to Murray at the time and, and committed to him a couple of days before the, uh, the draft lottery was, was announced. It was, uh, oh. on Thursday and then on Saturday, the, uh, the draft lottery was, so he didn't really play a part in that, but right. at the same time, obviously when, when, you know, it looked like he was, uh, going to be a saver, it definitely made it a little bit easier on me and, um, I remember that first prospects camp. I I came in and you know felt comfortable. It was nice having him there, someone to bounce things off of. And um, you know, my whole time I've been here, he's always been a guy that I can I can talk to and and rely on. So um, he's definitely helped me out immensely. And um, you know, I'm grateful that we've uh, we've been in the same organization for for four years now. Evan, keep it up. Thanks a lot for your time today, and good luck to you and the Sabers. Thank you. I appreciate that. There's Evan Rodriguez. If you missed any of that, it's on demand at WGR550.com. We'll take a time out here, come back and wrap things up. 803-0550 is the phone number. If you want to get any last thoughts in on our Ristolainen topic of today and our conversation, uh, you can always catch it on demand also after the show. The Nightcap, Jody Biasi and Derek Kramer. One more segment here on WGR.
Last call in the nightcap. Just got a minute here on WGR before we get to the pit reporters, which is up next. Quick update on my Twitter poll, which is exactly worded. I think I've worded it different every time I've said it. The exact wording is, are you okay with Ristolainen as your second best defenseman for the next decade? Just about 1,000 votes, just under actually. 58% say yes, 42% say no. I thought it'd be closer, but I guess it's still really close. 58 to 42. One other thing we learned today. I am undefeated, or the Sabres are undefeated, when I go to games. As a texter pointed out, though, Derek, the Sabres are undefeated when I leave early. But, so that's also true. But yet, at the the same time, that split is still, yes, they're undefeated when you leave early, but right. they're also still undefeated when you stay all the way. That's right. 1-0, 3-0. All good. So, yes, you get to say that you're undefeated at games that you've gone to. So we should keep having me go to games. That's what I think. That's what I think. Get this man some sweet tickets. Yes. Let's go. Yeah, let's go. Sweet, let's go. You want the Sabres to win, don't you? You want to make the playoffs? Hey, someone tweeted, Come on. Someone tweeted us yesterday that uh, if the Sabres win, we have to keep that sweet. Hmm. Oh, that's a great, great rule of thumb. Unbeaten with the GR it's team like, with the sweet. It's, it's like you don't change the lineup after you win. You don't change the fans after All right, win. calm down, Phil. All right. Okay, Phil. All, all hockey coaches for eternity think that way. Okay. Good one, though. Pit Reporter's next. Thanks, everybody, for listening. You can catch the whole show on demand at WGR550.com. I'll be back on Friday for a full show. Thank you to Derek. Stay tuned. Pit Reporter's next. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t-mobile.com.